This is Chris Charles of Idle Features, and with me on the line this evening, I have actress Jessica Felice, who, besides acting, is also talented in some other avenues of showbiz that we'll probably touch on here. So how are you this evening, Jessica? I'm well. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm great. As you know, our mutual friend Leanne Langford prompted you to contact me. However, I already had you on my radar as a hopeful interview, so I'm really glad this is happening now. Me too. You know, I was talking about with you about giving a shout-out. I was going to shout-out to her mm-hmm. as well for bringing it to my attention as well because I just absolutely adore that woman, and I just mm-hmm. think such a beautiful spirit. So I thank both of you for the opportunity, so thank you. Oh, <laughs> my pleasure. Uh, so you began your acting career on stage in and around your native Baltimore, is that correct? Yes, it is. How old were you when you had your first stage role? Oh, God. Um, well, I started acting probably when I was about five in camp. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we'll go all the way back to camp, but professionally speaking, probably at the age of 19, uh, where I did I did dinner theater and I did uh children's theater touring i i've actually done about three tours with children's theater and and i've done summer stock and whatnot pretty much during and after college mm-hmm. so that, that was my major i was a theater major oh okay now your uh, imdb page only goes back to 2012 mm-hmm. but you actually began your film career in 2009 in a movie entitled the rosins or the, the rosins the rosins name that's, mm-hmm. that's correct? That was your first film role? Yes, that was actually directed and written by uh, Steve Yeager, who actually won us, not for that, but for another film, a uh, documentary called Divine Trash, he, mm. uh, which is about Divine, uh, you know, John Waters. Um, he won a, a Sundance Film Festival award for that. And so I w- it was such an honor. I took a class with him at Towson University and just learned so much from that man and I, I fell in love with, with film because I, I had an audition come up and I contacted him and I just decided I, I was going to have an opportunity and take his class and he asked me on the first day, can you come to this audition and I auditioned and you know he gave me the opportunity and he was surprised that I picked up as much as I, I did when we were working together you know at the audition uh, because acting for film, is very different than acting on stage where it's much bigger and broader and uh, it's much more subtle for camera work. So right. when I, yeah, so when I, when I worked with him, I learned the subtlety of the camera and I just fell in love with it because you just, for me, I love stage work. I do I'll always love it. But for me, acting uh, in front of the camera, it just, there's just this beautiful subtlety that and, and realism that kind of comes with that it makes you really just feel very present and in the moment and and very organic which i know is a very widely used word in in acting but it's it's true it's just very true so i'm very grateful for that it was a, a good experience unfortunately that film i don't think is out yet uh hopefully one day it will come out but uh it was a drama and i played a woman uh, Rachel, who was the girlfriend to one of the main characters, it was a supporting role, mm-hmm. and uh, she was very. I, I I don't know how much I'm allowed to say. I, I haven't spoken to him in a while, but uh, not intentionally. Just haven't you know our paths have been crossed. But uh, basically, it was she was kind of a mentally abused girlfriend, and she kind of comes into her own throughout the film. And it's just it was a very fun role and eye opening role for me. So I enjoyed it, and I was very grateful for the opportunity. I see. 
Um, you also appear in a few TV series that were released this year. Yes. I was I was possessed is one of oh, them. God. Can you tell me about that one? Sure. Uh, basically, I was possessed was about a woman named Minda, or is a, about a woman named Minda. She's a real person, which is the first time I've ever played somebody who's actually around and alive. Uh, who the, the basically that television series is a relatively new series. It's in season one. Uh, and they basically revolve around stories about possession and people who have had experiences that I just, I guess there's no other explanation than they were possessed, so to speak. So uh, Hence, hence you know, the title. You're right, hence the title. So basically I played her and uh, the story that revolves around her experience with that, you know, with her, her son and her daughter and, and her life. And uh, it's I'm I'm the flashback of her. You know how they do these reenactment series ah, time and whatnot. So, but this is about possession. So that's kind of what I did. So that was that was you know I, I want to say fun, but I, I don't want to do anything that diminishes that person's experience. You know, I, I never judge. You never uh, say anything about somebody because you don't know what they've been through. Uh, you know, I, I try not to judge other people because you never know from people's experiences. So. But it, it was a really, it was a positive experience, and uh, I worked through a company called Sirens Media, and and I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed the people that I worked with. Now you say uh, you appear in the flashback sequences. Yes, because she was, she was on it as well. The real person was on it, and then they had. Oh, I see. You see what I'm saying? So half okay. of it or more was really her telling her story, and then when they talk about the experiences and they flash back, so to speak, quote-unquote. Now, do you play Minda as a younger uh, lady? I don't know if they really even looked at my age, because I believe she's, she was, you know, at least a decade or so older than me, but uh-huh. a lot of times they, they don't do, they go by what people look like, so they try to uh, cast people who sort of resemble the actors. I'm not yeah. quite sure what they do. All I know is I got the job, and I, <laughs> I did the job, so... But it was it was a lot of fun. I had a really good time doing it, and and uh, you know it, it was the, the people I was working with were were really cool. And I remember the DP was, which is the director of photography, was uh, just really funny and just made it a lot of fun. And you know, because it could it potentially is a very kind of a scary experience that mm-hmm. she expresses. So I highly suggest watching it because it's mm-hmm. a fun episode. Well, I'll keep an eye out for that one too. It's called Rose um, Minda, I believe. Even though Rose is the I think the second one, Minda, was the first that was shown. So, um, yeah. Another TV series mm-hmm. it has a title I love, uh, Southern Fried Homicide. Can you <laughs> tell me about that oh, one? Is that a great title? Yeah, that is. Is it a I'm, – I'm assuming from the title it's maybe a comedy drama? Yes. There was mm-hmm. – uh, I think the episode itself, because the, the series is called Southern Fried Homicide, but the episode itself is called Smooth Talking Devil. Mm-hmm. So it, that actually was based on like, that's a crime series. So that's that was based on uh, this man. I, I forgive me. I I'm, can't remember his name. I tried to look it up and I couldn't remember the. I couldn't find it. But uh, it's he was a serial killer. He dated women and he was just this real s- smooth talking person, so to speak. And like a like Ted Bundy sort of character. Kind of yes, yes. And he he talked people into dating him and doing these things, and he just started developing all of these horrible uh, behavior patterns. And one of the people I, – I, I actually was a featured role in that, so I didn't have a, a huge role, but 
I was one of the women. In fact, they didn't have a picture of the person that I was playing, so they used my photo for the the, the flashback, I guess, of the the photos and for the the flashback scene, which which I was uh, it was you know picking up him picking her up in a bar and taking her off. And basically, in my opinion, uh, this was one of the most horrendous things that had ever been done to someone that I had heard of where he he picked her up and then I guess I don't know if it was that evening later on he raped her and he put her in a truck and lit the truck on fire so it was mm. a pretty pretty horrible thing so it's it's bad in some ways you know because these these uh stories are just so awful to hear about but at the same time I'm hoping that doing this can have some kind of positive effect on the people who are involved you know the families and the friends of these these women because I think there were four women listed in that episode. I mean, and you know, there's a ton of stories with Southern Fried Homicide, but right. um, I'm hoping that it's it's healing in some way for them to help them move on. I think he was given the death penalty. I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. I know that it, it was pretty severe and it was a pretty widely known case. So I, I know it was public. Um, but well, yeah, so well, do you I remember I, what state? I think I want to say. He was in California when this happened, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. But yeah, all you have to do is look up that episode, and then if you watch it, you'll find out the name, and then you can easily find. Because I know at the time I had looked it up, and there was information all over the net. So yeah, it was it was pretty scary, and it's pretty intense, and and it it blows my mind honestly. Some of the behavior of people in the world, maybe that's my naivety. I don't know, but I just I. I just can't imagine somebody doing something like that to another human being, mm-hmm. you know, to any anyone. But yeah, so that's what that was about. Okay. Now that we've gotten all dark and <laughs> oh. well, speaking of dark, um, you also appear as Lilith Death, who yes. is the hostess of the Tales of Horror show from Harvest Moon Productions. Yes. Um, was she entirely your own creation? She actually was a mutual creation that I worked on with director Sean Anthony from Harvest Moon Motion Pictures. And he came up with Death, and then we both discussed Lilith, because I I like the idea of the mythological character of Lilith, uh, the goddess, and and just this this beautiful, you know, creature that kind of fed on souls, so to speak, and, and... had this immortal uh, way of just kind of luring people in, and and I just said there was just something really special about her. So I just I've I've kind of taken her and and made her British, <laughs> and, and yeah, I love the I, accent. I, I re- thank you. I I love dialects. I'm a sucker mm-hmm. for them, and I've always been drawn to it. Um, but I just really, really loved exploring this character and, and continue to because the series is ongoing. We're in season one and I still have more to shoot. I, you know, we shot three episodes. Right. Uh, I was not in the first one. You were not in the first one. Let's, let's get that out there. Those of you who um, want to check out these episodes that are available on, v- on Vimo. In Vimeo, yeah. Vimeo. I mispronounced it all these years. Okay. Um, on Vimeo. Um no, Lilith is you. not in the first episode, and it does not state that. And you right. have to tell Sean he needs to correct that. So it yeah. states Lilith was. is not in this episode. So. I was hired season or, or episode two right. on, rather. So I'm sure they'll do something where they add it. They yeah, add they. It you told me they might re-edit to include yes. uh, Lilith in season one. Yes. 
And I just, there's something about her I really enjoy. I had a lot of fun working on her and I, yes. I still do. And I, I'm finding new things about her. So I'm kind of growing and uh, mm-hmm. processing her as, as I go. Yeah, she's definitely not your Elvira type of horror film hostess. No, but I mean, not that course, I'm knocking Elvira, it's just a completely No, of different... course not. I love <laughs> Elvira. She's so much fun. She's sort of that kind of character, but not quite as much on the camp. Um, but there is a, there's there's a little bit with with the humor and whatnot. Oh, I, I didn't first, catch any of that. Yeah. You know, the first episode I was on, I, I it was more serious, and then the mm-hmm. second, which was episode three, uh, I had a little more fun. Oh, and really? There was. I, I don't know if you've seen episode. No, three. I haven't. Oh, right. see, you need to watch it. Oh, okay. Um, but there's 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 a little bit more humor on there, and and just fun and things any like double entendres or anything like. Yes, exactly. Really? It's it's just it's fun because to be honest, in theater I've done a lot of farce and I've done comedy, but for film I haven't really been given that opportunity to explore the comical characters that mm-hmm. I, I know I I have kind of buried somewhere in there. Um, and with her, it's fun because I could explore that just a little bit. Okay. But she's so much fun, and and I love the series so far. I mean, they're they're really giving a lot of people the opportunity, uh, people who are established, the directors that are out there who do independent feature films, some are established, some are not. Mm-hmm. And uh, it showcases their work. And, and I just I find that just really cool and very unique of an opportunity right. that's out there. I'm sure there are other things that are similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I give an homage to, to everything. I give credit to people who, who do that because I just think it's it's really cool to kind of see people's work because there's so much out there. There's a lot of talented filmmakers out there. Oh, absolutely. There. And they don't get, a lot of them don't get the recognition they deserve. I agree. Um, for one I, reason or another, a lot of times it's money. But. Yeah, you know, and there's so much negativity. I, mm-hmm. I like to thrive on the positive and I yeah. just, opportunity is yeah, I've, I've noticed that about part you. of that, mm-hmm. you know. It's just, it's part of that. So I think people should be given opportunities. It's important in this life. It's short. So how long have you worked with Harvest Moon? Uh, probably since, I mean, I've been in a few films that were distributed by them, but directly with Harvest Moon, probably since October. Oh, I see. Another know? Harvest Moon production you were in was uh, American Werewolf Project. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about about that one? Certainly. American Werewolf Project is about a group of uh People, they're you know they're in, investigators on the Bray Witch. I believe it was called the um, the Beast of Bray Road. Pardon me, the okay. Beast of Bray Road. And it was a, a story that there's there's legends that have gone on in Wisconsin that's sort of like you know the uh, like the werewolves. Basically, it's it's another term for it, the Beast of Bray Road. Um, and it, it, all these these awful events supposedly have happened. If you look online, there's a million events that have happened out there, and it's it's pretty crazy, sort of almost like Bigfoot or you know that that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that particular film, it was more of a, an ensemble feel. I, I a lot of people have said I had one of the leads, but I I, I really consider it to be an ensemble cast. Um, I do know that that film, as well as another film called Vampires Rise of the Fallen, both of those films that were by Hellfire uh, Motion Pictures, I, I think, Hellfire Club Studio, uh, along with uh, Harvest Moon, I think they're going to be rebooting those films. Mm-hmm. So the one that's out now, if you're going to watch it, watch it while you can, because it's going to be taken down and they're going to be reshooting it. Um, and I, I know I was, I had asked about it in case you had asked, and I know that I was told that. So, um, but it's a fun film. So if you get a chance, please check it out. You know? okay. 
it's fun. There's some cute moments in it and whatnot. But I think originally that film was supposed to be more of a found footage film to make it more realistic. And it's, it's a little bit more on the camp side, you know. Oh, okay. Found <laughs> so, footage a la uh, Blair Witch Project? Yes, more like that. So I think what they're going to do is they're going to kind of redo the script and recast it and just kind of take it from that perspective. Okay. So so we'll see what they, they come up with that. I'll keep you posted if I okay. hear anything. Okay, great. Um, in a couple of your uh, earlier films, or at least one, you demonstrated some uh, sword skills in some oh, scenes. Yep. Did you have any prior experience with swords or fencing, or did you train just for those roles? I trained just for the for that role. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot of fun. That was actually for Vampires, Rise of the Fallen. And I had a scene where I used a rapier uh, for a sword fight uh, because, <laughs> you know, I'm a small person, so rapier I can pick up. I've tried the bigger swords, but... <laughs> Um, but we basically used a lot of the box steps that I learned mm-hmm. that's from, from fencing. Yeah. And it was very challenging, uh, but it was a lot of fun. And luckily, my scene partner was fairly proficient in sword fighting. And, um, you know, we practiced quite a bit and, and we'd had a blast doing it. It was so much fun. Challenging, but fun. Yeah. yeah. I interviewed one lady who had some uh, sword fighting skills and she even taught for a while. Oh, really? How cool. Uh, Ariel Rockfeld is her name. Nice. I'll have to look her up. What would you say has been the most physically challenging role you've ever had? Or one of the most physically, if not one, stands out? You know, it's funny. I think possibly the role that I had as Scarlet in the vampire film we were just discussing. Uh Uh-huh. Because of the weather. <laughs> oh, really? When we shot, when we, yeah, when we shot the sword fight, it was mm-hmm. in a school, and it was in the middle of summer, and it was like 100 degrees or more outside. They had no air conditioning in the school. So I'm sitting there, and I had just dyed my hair this bright red, and mm-hmm. I had hair dye dripping from my shoulders, and we were sweating so much. We, it was so hot that the contacts were popping out of our eyes. Mm-hmm. So we had to shoot the scene, that one particular scene, without contacts in because we couldn't keep them in. It was just, it was very challenging. Like I said, it was a lot of fun. We were very much in the moment, which was cool. But, you know, I mean, I had hair dye, like I said, dripping down my shoulders and sweat and just, it was nasty. But it was fun. And then there was another film, I would say, that Soulmate, which uh, we can talk about in a bit if you decide to, uh, where I worked outside in the opposite. It was freezing outside. And we had... uh, warmers you know little hand warmer things those little things you shake that mm-hmm. warm up um in our, yeah, boots, I use, in our pockets and yeah i use those in the we, army yeah we were shivering and and they brought they were nice because they, they brought us hot chocolate and coffee and it was it was one of those kind of just crazy shoots on a farm outside in the cold where there's frost everywhere and ice on the ground and but we were just having so much fun that, you know, you don't really think about those things at the time. But at the, you look back and you're like, wow, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> but, what would you say has been one of the most emotionally challenging? Emotionally challenging. Yeah. Okay, I definitely would say two characters, actually. One would be Katie Stevens from a, that film Soulmate, uh, where I played a psychic and she was kind of uh, connected to Jack the Ripper. She has vision. She had visions about him, and and was connected to him directly. Uh, the spirit of Jack the Ripper, or Jack the Ripper. You have to see the film to find out. Mm-hmm. But um, 
it, there was a lot of kind of emotional it was emotion an emotional roller coaster so to speak where i just it was a just really some seriously heavy things that i had to do there was a possession scene where i i just i really had to to really be in that moment i did a lot of work i tend to do a lot of mirror work and personal work when i'm working with characters and that one was no different i so i uh, assume katie was uh one of your most or one of your favorite characters to play? She was my favorite character to play. Mm-hmm. I, I I really connected with her, and I just felt just she stayed with me. You know how I don't know if you've ever done something where there there's just artistically speaking and creatively speaking, you do something you're really proud of, and that's kind of how I feel about her. I just I felt very connected to her. I felt very proud of the work, and I was just. I, I don't know. I had kind of almost out of body experiences with this character oh, really? where Yeah, I know that sounds very melodramatic and I'm not oh. trying to be, but it's just I, I was just really connected to it and I, I just I I really enjoyed playing her. I did a lot of research. I watched From Hell with Johnny Depp and I looked at a lot of the features and I read up on Jack the Ripper and a lot of the characters in that film actually were based on the names of them were based on real people from the real story of Jack the Ripper. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, it it's just a it was a very interesting role for me to play and it it delved into in a, like I said an emotional roller coaster. So I went from one gambit to the next. I mean it was just from from one spectrum to the next of of emotions and character because I got to play good, bad, ugly, everything. So mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun okay. and Now it seemed like your role as Katie in that movie, which was uh, made in 2012, am I correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, and the full title is Soulmate, True Evil Never Dies. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. It, it seemed like uh, that role really showcased your talents, uh, particularly the voices you can do. For example, in the possession scene that you mentioned, <laughs> would you say so? Would you say uh, that role really gave you a chance to show what you can do? Well, thank you for that comment. I think that was, that's very nice of you. Um, I actually, like I said, I went to a really dark place. I mean, they tweaked my voice a touch for that, but it was me. A lot of people tend to think that I was ADRing or rather dubbing uh, the person who was playing Jack the Ripper, but or Uncle Jack, so to speak. But I wasn't. It was me. If you listen to my reel, I am going to make a new reel, but my current reel that I have out, uh, which needs to be updated, but that current reel does not have the tweaks on it. it it's my voice mm-hmm. and then if you watch the actual film it's tweaked almost sort of like freddy krueger from nightmare you know yes. the nightmare films yeah. um it's kind of like that but i just went to a really dark place and it just yeah it, it was just something i felt the need to do i wanted to challenge i love being challenged and i wanted to bring just this reality i didn't want it to be cliche and i didn't want it to be something that was just overly done i wanted it to be just intense and and there's there's power and stillness and i just i i just did a lot of work with him so yeah but to answer your question i i love doing voices but there it wasn't really intentional it's just how he came out so it's just you know sometimes you plan things and sometimes you just kind of go with the flow with what feels right and that's just what happened with me with that i mean I don't know. Some people call me method. I, I suppose I am kind of method. I, you know, I've been called that more than one time, so I'm embracing it finally. 
but you know, I guess I'm proud of the fact that I, I can be a little bit method when it comes to acting. But it's the only way I think to to really be real. Um, so that's kind of where I was approaching it with that character. But yeah, I, I do love voices. I do voiceover too, so I I love voice work. Yes, I know you're an experienced voiceover uh, actress. Uh, what would you say is the age range you can cover? Oh God, as... whatever I can can muster up. To be honest, I mean anything that I can tackle, I try to because you're not tied to your physicality when it comes to voice right. work, which is the beauty of it. I mean, a lot of times people tend to typecast you by your look when mm-hmm. it comes to film. Uh, on stage, it's not quite as bad, but when it comes to camera work, I hate being labeled. I know we do it. People do it all the time. They love to put you in a nice, neat little box and say, this is who you are. This is what you do. And I don't like being labeled. I like surprising people and I like, you know, being challenged. So I would say Adrian got probably from a little kid to an old woman. I mean, I think, I think I could, I, you know, whatever I put my mind to, I think I could do. How about accents? What range of accents can you cover? Okay, accents. Well, what I can do now, currently, I've tackled uh, B, uh, RP, which is standard British. Mm-hmm. I've done, let's see, Southern, uh, Genteel to, you know, a little twang kind of thing. Um, I've done Scottish, uh, standard Scottish. I've done standard. Uh, um, Standard Irish, which is more, I guess, more of the Belfast, because I had a teacher, Sam McCready, who I absolutely adored and still adore to this day, um, who inspired me when I was in school. Um, and he was from Belfast and just little garden gnome of a man with a huge status of a giant. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I love this man. He was very inspirational to me and, and still affects my work to this day. But um, he was from Belfast. So I, I've kind of focused when I did the work on that uh to that accent and then I've touched on Boston for theater and I and I can definitely do uh, Brooklyn Brooklyn New York because my grandparents were from Brooklyn so that's very easy for me nice. but I mean I think honestly if I'm challenged with it if, if I have the time to study it I could probably tackle virtually anything um, I just I, 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 I like to say that I have an ear for dialect so mm-hmm. I but I, I've always loved to mimic and I know in, in high school I did some goofy thing where I was with friends and we would go we would go into stores and, and pretend like we were from other countries and people believed me. So there must be something in that. I know. But I very bad. Very bad me. I, I ran into somebody like that just today, as a matter of fact. <laughs> He's a man though, so I'm not going to mention his name. Ah! Um so some avid gamers who may be listening may recognize you as the voice from a game called Devil's Triangle. Is that right? Yes. The Devil's Triangle is kind of a, a fun, you, you, I forget what they call them, but you find things, you go and you seek things, mm-hmm. you know, they give you clues, it's like a, like a, uh, um, like a, a find your own, uh, they, they give you clues on the ship. And or you something. provide the narration? Um, I'm sorry? You provide the narration? I'm in the very beginning. I wish I was throughout. That would be really cool. But I'm actually in the very beginning as the character in the beginning and um, I'm brain farting on the name of the character. But if you look oh, it up, it's called The Devil's Triangle. Devil's it's Triangle. By, it's by Big Fish Games. Okay. And I narrate the very beginning of it. And it's sort of about, um, what is it, the Bermuda Triangle, so to speak. It's right. like that okay. kind of a thing. But you find things on the ship. You have to go and look for, for, for stuff. So, so throughout the game, you kind of 
find these to get to the next level. You find okay. pieces and and clues on the ship. So okay, cool. So you gamers heard that Devil's Triangle, by <laughs> Devil's Big, Triangle, Big Fish yeah. Games, Big Fish Games. Okay, uh, shifting gears here. Now yeah. you told me you're fairly new to modeling, but I I, there's something I like to touch on Uh-oh. here now here as go. I. As I've told you and several others, you are absolutely the best Vampirella model I've ever seen. And being a big fan of the character and seeing many great models step into that role, that's saying something. Thank you so much. Uh, I know you're such a fan of Vampirella, yeah. so I'm, I'm very humbled by that I, and honored that you feel that way. Thank you very much, Chris. Well, I, I mean that with all sincerity. I mean, there have been other great models who have done there's Vampirella. There's many I, of them, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there, well, there's different takes on the character. Uh, some make make her look more dark and gothic. Some make her look sort of like a porn star. Some make her look sort of <laughs> yeah. cartoonish. But um, you just look like you stepped right out from the cover of a magazine. Uh, now, were you a Vampirella fan uh, for you know, a long time, or did she just seem like a good character to cosplay as? Well, there was a contest for mm-hmm. a magazine that I entered. And, uh, it was a Vampirella contest. Yes, it was a Vampirella contest. And I got honorable mention, so I actually was one of the people. I, I didn't win. The woman who won um, looked fantastic. She, I think she was absolutely beautiful. Um, but it, it kind of opened my eyes to her, and I got to research her. I got a uh, – I have it right here, actually. Um, You're talking about the character Vampirella. Vampirella, yes. I have a – um, a, a, no, a novel, a graphic novel in front of me right now called Vampirella Strikes, which right. was the first thing that I actually looked at. And then I looked online and I have friends who are big vampy fans. Um, so they were sending me um, old, old comic book, mm-hmm. black and white versions of her. Right, and then back I when uh, yeah, it was produced you know, by Harris Publications. Yeah, yeah, and then and and uh, by Dynamite mm-hmm. uh, Comics, I was looking. Yeah, I was lo- I looked everywhere I could, and then I looked at all of the cosplay uh, models I could find. I I looked at everything, and and I give everyone props who has done this because there's been so many models and so many different, as you said, uh, versions of her mm-hmm. and interpretations of her, and I just and I fell in love with her. I thought, oh my god, this is so cool! I I wish I could play her on screen. Oh my god! You should. Or <laughs> yep. You should at least pose for a official magazine cover or some official I artwork. I would be so thrilled to do something like that. I actually had, and I, I would like to give one shout out to a friend of mine online, um, Arturo. I hope I'm not pronouncing this incorrectly, but Laugo, Laugo. He's he's Hispanic, and he did a recent um, art form of my one of my pictures as Vampirella. I think you you may have seen it, but he is amazing. Oh, you just posted it on your Facebook. Yes. Yeah, that's. And I oh my that god, that is amazing. I would kill to be. I would love to be on a cover of a magazine or be in the graphic arts novel where they do. I fell in love with her. I just think she's very. It's so funny because there's a lot of people who are judgy. They say, "Oh, she's scantily clad. She's got skimpy clothing," but there's so much more to her. And I've mm-hmm. seen other versions where she wasn't wearing that suit. I have a friend online. This guy, David. Oh my gosh, I cannot remember his name. Forgive me. Look him up. His name's David. He's done like almost a steampunk version of her mm-hmm. when he did a, a series. Um, I'm going to kick myself later for not getting his name, but he's a, a director and, and the work is just amazing. I love the different variations, but I'm seriously fascinated with vampires to begin mm-hmm. with, if, if you can't tell. I mean, there's an allure, there's a sensuality yeah. to them. And 
I just, I loved that. And I love, she seemed so strong to me and, and such a badass. And other than the sexuality and sensuality of her, yes, but such a badass in comics. And I heard (laughs) she was really one of the first female badasses of comics. And Mm -hmm. I love that. I like strong female characters and Vampirella is no exception. So that's what drew me to her. And to be honest, I did one photo shoot as her and I wanted to revamp it, so Mm -hmm. to speak. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> but so I redid part of my shoot. I'm supposed to do an outdoor portion of the shoot soon, possibly this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a cemetery? In a cemetery, if it's not too cold, because um, it's starting to get a little bit chilly, a little tidnipply outside. <laughs> uh, but um, I just, I really enjoyed it. I just think she's a lot of fun, and and I just, I had a blast doing it. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really grateful that there are people like you that really enjoy the work because, if anything, it's for the fans and the Uber fans who mm-hmm. love her. Well, I really appreciate authenticity when I, you know, and I, I tried. I wanted to make her even better, which is why I did mm-hmm. another shoot. Because sometimes, you know, you let it lie. You're like, okay, I'm happy with this shoot. Moving on. Yeah. But I've always wanted to just kind of fix it because there were just some things I just was intent on changing and fixing and making her a little more glam and mm-hmm. just more more homage to some of the older comic books that I saw. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Um, speaking of female characters, uh, you've also done Morticia Adams. I uh, have. Your version of Wonder Woman and a female Freddy Krueger. Yes. So who are some of the other characters you plan on cosplaying as? Oh. Gosh, I don't even know. It just really depends on my time because uh, I know I do have some projects coming up. But it's when I have some time in between shoots that I try to organize that. And, I mean, it can get quite expensive when you're trying to. Yeah, especially if you're costume. shooting for authenticity. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I really loved my favorite other than the Vampirella was really the – I mean, I did love the Wonder Woman too. I'd always mm-hmm. wanted to do that. but um, And Freddy because, you know, uh, what's his name? Um the creator of Freddy Krueger passed away this year. Um, uh, Wes Cravens. Uh, yes. Uh, Wes, uh, Wes Craven. Craven, right. Yes. So I just, I wanted to pay right. homage to him. I know I didn't do the burns and some people were a little angry. I had angry fans. Oh, you didn't do these burns. But, you know, it was my version of it, my interpretation of mm-hmm. maybe, maybe when, before he became Freddy, you know. And I'm a woman, so there's no way I'm going to look like him fully anyway, but I just wanted to do something to homage to Wes Craven, because right. I really loved That was one of the first horror movies I ever saw, was, was Nightmare on Elm Street, and mm. oh my god, it scared the, scared the shit out of me, <laughs> excuse my expression, but I don't know, can I say that on, on your show? You can say yeah. anything you'd like. <laughs> scared the shite out of me. Shite is my favorite curse word. Um, now, have you ever been to a cosplay event, or a comic yeah. convention? I have not. Do you plan on it? I would love to. Um, I mean, I know there's some great ones back in your neck of the woods. Yeah, also I out here. Out there. I've, just, I've never been. I've always wanted to. I've been to Rocky Horror conventions. I used to go and do that. I've been to fairy cons. Yeah, I you mean, also did Magenta. I'll just briefly, briefly touch on that. Yeah, I did. I and did. you looked, I had a lot you of looked fun. amazing. You looked amazing. Thank you so um, much. I had played her in the play. I, I was a replacement for somebody who needed someone ASAP. So I said, mm-hmm. I'll do it. Okay, no problem. So I had 50 bucks, and I went and I did two shows and did an underground version of the Rocky Horror Show, which was fun. And I had gone to conventions across the states. I, I, I loved it. It was it was a blast. I'll, I'll always have love in my heart for Rocky Horror. Um, but I've also done um, 
uh, fairy conventions and fairy right. con and fairy festivals because I love whimsy. I love fantasy. Mm. That's actually my favorite genre, believe it or not. And and horror fans might get mad at me for saying this. I do love horror. It's fun. I like psychological horror, not so much the gore mm-hmm. and the the blood, but the, the, the psychological right. horror. Sometimes I honestly think that's scarier. But the uh, whimsy and and fairy tales and and dark aspects of fairy tales, I just really love. I resonate with that. Uh, but um, as far as Comic Cons go, I would love to. Do, I'd love to go to the one in San Francisco, or you know, I, I maybe even as the biggie is San Diego Comic Con, of course. San Diego, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just they sound like so much fun, and who knows? Maybe one day I'll have a character that I've created on my own. Yeah, I'm sure your fans will <laughs> eagerly anticipate that. That would be really cool, and and I I would be just so honored to do something like that because I just I want to expand my horizons as much as I can and challenge myself as much as I can, okay. whenever I can. You know, I, I like I said I'm not a fan of labels, so the more yeah. I can do and more I can be challenged with, the happier of a girl I am. <laughs> okay. okay, now we touched on your modeling, so there's something else I'd like to touch on. Um, sure. Another skill of yours, maybe some fans or some recent fans don't know you also have some experience in stage magic and as an escape artist yes could i do could you delve into that just briefly sure of course i used to tour actually with one of my directors who is sean anthony he mm-hmm. used to be a i, I, I say lightly used to be i mean he's once a magician always a magician you know well he's with harvest moon he's the he's with harvest ceo moon. of harvest moon correct yes um, but he that's how I met up with him, and that's how I started working with him. He mm-hmm. was an illusionist right. and a grand style illusionist. We did that. We did cabaret style. He did close-up magic. He's a very good magician. Um, and I just think he's he's moved on to directing. But um, when I worked with him, we worked in Vegas. We also did touring. And I did. I, I worked as an MC for several shows. I also worked as a assistant, where I, you know, sort of like a David Copperfield style show, where they do those really big illusions where people right. float, or they do, you know, they, they everybody's like, "Were you the girl cut in half?" And honestly, that's the least of the the. Uh, illusions that were showcased. We tried it. It was boring <laughs> because it's something that's so cliche and overdone and has been done. Now, a lot of people do it well, but um, but we did a lot of really fun things, and including worked in Las Vegas. I went to the World Magic Seminar, and I got to perform uh, an illusion there, which was just really cool and just very surreal and I went to the Magic Castle and got to meet people and and see shows and tour you know or rather look around there I was you know just a spectator there. Mm-hmm. Now um, you mentioned to me that um also as an escape artist uh, one of your featured acts was escaping from a straitjacket and I've also yeah. seen and some video like, of you online doing this. Yes, I actually I have a uh I was on a talk show and I I did it there and then there's also some footage. There's a little bit of footage from when I did that. Would you say that was your most challenging escape? Um it was pretty challenging. <laughs> and actually the first time I did it I couldn't get out of it, so we had to cover for that, yeah. but it's hard because Now Sean trained you in that as well? It was Sean and it was another magician called uh his name is Christian Diamond and both of them worked with me. They were the two that I worked with the most when I did the show in Las Vegas because we did a holiday show for Halloween. We were there for uh, about a month, month and a half, something like that, um, at the uh, the Royal Resort, which was right next to the Riviera. I, I don't even know if it's there now, but mm-hmm. 
Um, this was back in 2010, and um, we had a blast. I mean, it was just, it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of famous magicians, Jeff McBride that showed up, and uh, different people um, uh, came to the show, uh, and it was just, it was really fun. Um scary because you're performing in front of these people who have been around for years and years. I mean, I know Sean has been doing magic. He did magic for over 25 years, so he's quite good. Uh, He also trained me with the sword fighting that you mentioned earlier because I know he was a stunt uh, a stuntman in Hollywood way before he ever, you know, did all of this stuff when he was a kid and, and whatnot, and so he trained me with that as well and a couple other people that were local to the area who did stunt work um, but uh, as far as magic goes, it was a lot of fun. I had a, a really good time. I, I did a Spinner's Bubbles, which is uh, Jeff McBride's wife. She created that. I, I got to do that. I got to do um, a Silk Routine, which I loved. Um, I got to do, like I, like you said, the straight jacket, which mm-hmm. was my favorite. Because you don't really see women doing that that often. And there's um, my... I think um, Magic Babe Ning. Yes, uh, Ning absolutely. Kai is her name. Um, there, We're both there familiar have, with her. It has been done, but it's not done as often. And for no, me, certainly not. that kind of escaping from the, the bonds that women yeah. go through, it was that, that release. Oh, of, something metaphorically. Yes, yes. Okay, and that's how I looked at it. And it was just kind of that, you know, whenever I did escape, I, I don't know how other magicians uh, tackled it, but for me, it was just kind of about releasing myself from, from that stereotype and from just everything that... From, that okay, from your restraints. The restraints. That society puts on women. Exactly. I exactly. Got it. And so I, I got to do that. I did a rope routine, a couple mm. of rope routines. Um, and then I also did something called uh, the uh, Houdini mailbag escape. Oh, and yeah. that, was, that was really cool. And it, it, a lot of practice went involved in it because it's a difficult... Of course, escape. I can imagine. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely... It taught me a lot of things. Um, if you watch Soulmate, at the very end of Soulmate, I, I'm probably giving something away, but there's a little extra tidbit in there, a little extra scene after the credits, and I'm in my straight jacket. Ah, okay. <laughs> so if you watch through the credits, you'll see me in my actual, and I still have it. I love my straight jacket. I, oh, really? I, I can't part with it because it was my baby. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's yeah, I keep souvenirs of stuff. You know, but... you kind of have to. Yeah. There's little things, little memories, and just yeah. homages to the parts in your life that have affected you and, and, and I'll always have been affected by that. Who knows when if I'll ever do anything with magic again in mm-hmm. that respect. Maybe. Who knows? You know, maybe I'll I'll be hired to do something at a party or or I'll go somewhere but Or maybe something impromptu. Exactly and something impromptu. Or in a film. Or maybe I'll play a female magician in a film. But um you know, it's a part of my life that really affected me greatly and I I feel had some influence on how I approach things professionally speaking and creatively speaking and taught me a lot it really did and Sean taught me a lot so I was very grateful for that opportunity and I'm I'm even more grateful that I have the opportunity to work with him as a director because I think he is one of the best directors I've ever worked with he's definitely an actor's director and I know that term is definitely overdone but um so shout out to Sean Anthony that's that's high praise Uh, indeed uh so do you have any hobbies most people don't know about or any oh. interests that most people would not know about? Oh, well, I collect fairy art. <laughs> I'm such a nerd. Um, I collect fairy art. I collect, um, I like esoteric things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have crystals and I have stones and, 
you know, hopefully I don't sound like this major flake. I swear I'm not. No, it's but- interesting what some ladies will collect. I told you I did an interview with a Hollywood stunt woman, mm-hmm. and she collects Pez dispensers. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, she gets hit by cars and jumps out of buildings and is set on fire, and she is an avid Pez collector. So, oh, one it's always thing interesting. Collect- I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you. go ahead. I, I I get excited. I think ahead, so I start talking. <laughs> it's a bad habit, bad me. Um, but wicked witch dolls. I love okay, with claws. I have a small collection that's growing of wicked witch dolls. You My mean dream- the. The from from Oz from the Margaret Hamilton character. Yes, I have the Barbie doll. I oh, really? All that's like really big. Yeah. I forgot to tell you about this when we had our pre-conversation, but yeah, I have a little stuffed doll. I have a little thing from the Wizard of Oz. I have a Wizard of Oz poster behind my bed. Um, I I just I love Judy Garland since I was a kid. My dad instilled now, that. Let me ask you this: in the movie uh, Soulmate, you uh-huh. did during the possession scene. I kind of detected that the voice was sort of witch-like, sort of like the character Margaret Hamilton played in The Wizard of Oz. Did you take that from from her or take a bit of it from her? God, if I did, it was completely subconscious and not intentional. Huh. It wasn't identical, but it just sounded a little, you know, Wicked Witch of the West-like. I'm a huge fan of supernatural um, subject matter. I mean, I'm always drawn. I don't know if it's just because of who I am. I just, I'm really drawn to the magic in characters and the characters that are kind of sometimes, you know, the underdog or whatever, the ones that are maybe uh, misread or, or you, you know, the characters that, that you see as one way, but perhaps have this underlying uh characterization that kind of drives them and Mm -hmm. and who they are is deeper than what you see um and the wicked witch to me is no different i'm a huge fan of wicked by gregory Maguire. in fact honestly that's my dream role and i'll say it right now elphaba is my dream role Mm -hmm. i relate to her so well i just i i'm very um attracted to those broken roles that are are characters females that are just really strong and they're stronger than they appear and stronger sometimes than they know they are that they realize they are themselves i i don't know i just i like looking at characters that are just maybe stereotyped but taking a different look at who they are than what's expected and what's what what people think of them, if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. you you know what I mean. Yeah. So I love the Wicked Witch, I do, and and Soulmate, it was completely unintentional. If you found that, have you ever done an impression of the Wicked Witch of the West? I have. You have. Would you? I'll like... go for it. You want to hear my impression? Absolutely. <laughs> Will I regret this in the morning? <laughs> my teacher in high school used to have me do it all the time. I was in a, a group called um, Fine Line, which was an improv group. And at the end, they had all of the actors do impressions, and my impression was the Wicked Witch. So I did it every time we went to school. Oh. I used to tour and do that. Okay, let's I'll, hear it, I'll Jessica. I'll do it for you. So, so this is exclusive for you. I haven't okay. done this in a really long time. You ready for it? Ready. Okay. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. <laughs> oh, that, that is fantastic. So anyway. No, that's fantastic. That really is. <laughs> that's great. So that's one of my impressions. That's uncanny. That's. Thank you. <laughs> She's so fun. I just love her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. I do her and I do um, 
I don't know if you're familiar with Miss Swan from Mad TV, and I do uh. her. I, uh, and uh, I know Leanne was pushing. She goes, "You should do your impressions." <laughs> yeah, we'll have I'll to throw that out there. Well, we'll have to do a follow up sometime <laughs> so you can give me some more of these. That yeah, that blows me away. That was great. Um. This one and and on uh, Abfab, I do Bubble from Abfab. I can do those for you if you want to hear them real quick. Sure. Um, my let's see, Bubble I'm not familiar Ab- with the character, but. You have to watch Abfab. It's such a good show. It's a okay. British show. You have to watch it. It's very funny. Okay. Jennifer Saunders, Joanna Lumley. It's fantastic. But Bubble is this airheaded character. Oh, excuse me. Um, this airheaded character, and she she just you know she sounds a bit like this. And this is kind of a montage of her things. So it's not one specific thing she says, but she's like small furry round thing, not a rat. Oh yeah, it's not just for life. It's for Christmas. I want breasts like yours. Big, large, pendulous breasts. I'd like to fill a bra. So that's her. That's great. <laughs> she's, she's just kind of a kooky character. Kooky is the best word to describe now, her. What would Vampirella sound like to you? Oh, Vampirella. Have you ever, have you ever worked on that? I mean, if you ever go to a, go to a cosplay event? You know, it's weird. I kind of always, I mean, you know how I told you I resonate with the British. I've mm-hmm. always pictured her as being British. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, she's from another planet. Come yeah. on. So no, I, I interviewed a, 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 a <laughs> Avery Miseraca, who also did Vampirella in the early 90s oh, at really? cosplay events. Now, she has a slight Jersey accent. And I, yeah, and I, well, slight. And uh, I asked her if she did a different voice when she appeared at events and as Vampirella. And she said, uh-huh. no, she just spoke in a normal voice. People would call her the Fran Drescher of vampires, <laughs> even though she wasn't as nasal as Fran Drescher, but oh, she just hilarious. spoke in her normal voice, sort of like a Jersey. And I just found that funny. So I was just wondering if you had your uh, take on, on Vampirella and what type of voice you would use if you were to go to a cosplay event or if you were an official Vampirella model. Oh, my gosh. And you that's a were... really good question. And so I really need think about that that's something um, that's something to work on but i was thinking honestly i always thought of her as sort of being british mm-hmm. because she just seems so dark and and classical and just um there's just something deep about her and and for some reason that british dialects resonate that within me so i i just kind of picture her talking like this and just being i like, would feel more uh leaning towards romanian you know what I mean? Really? Hungarian. You would picture her as Romanian? Yeah. Or the accent, anyway. <laughs> I picture more almost sort of like the, the Lilith character, in a way. You know, oh, yeah. that okay. very dark, very very torn, very dark, very kind of coming in there and talking like this. You know, just like, that kind of just, I, I don't know. I just, I'd have well, to play yeah, something it. To do. <laughs> you put me on the spot, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, um, I'll thank you very much for taking the time to do this interview, Jessica. It's been a pleasure. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's and... always talking to you. Oh, I didn't get to do my uh, my one Miss Swan. She's my favorite. Oh, I have to do her before. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, no, I tell you. I tell you every teen. I say you look like a man. Oh, no, like a monkey in a bush. Oh, da, 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 da. <laughs> oh I remember her now from Mad TV. <laughs> She's my favorite. Right, I love her okay. so much. Well, now that you did her. I, had, I, yes. I just throw it in there. Sorry. I immediately, I immediately, she popped right back into my mind, of course, Miss Swan. But I so. wanted to thank you, too, though. Thank you for the opportunity for doing this and for allowing me to be part of your your interview process. I'm very I'm thrilled that, that I got to do this. Oh, it was my pleasure. My pleasure. 
So in closing, do you have any shout outs to anyone? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I already shouted out to a few people. You already shouted out to Sean. I shouted out to Sean. Shouted out to Leanne, who I absolutely love. If you haven't checked her work out, please do. She's a gorgeous model. I've seen a little bit of her her acting, and what I've seen has been really good. And she's just such a beautiful spirit. I love positive people. So I just encourage everyone, shout out to everyone who wants to be in this industry and is trying to follow their dreams. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds really cliche and really overdone, but it's true. I just, I really encourage people to do what they love. Life is short. So shout out to you. Shout out to Sean. Shout out to Leanne. Shout out to everyone. Shout out to my mom. (laughs) Everyone who is doing something that they love that makes them happy and is creatively, um, you know, fueling that spark within them. Because like I said, life is so short. You need to do what you love and pass on that positivity and that energy. And I just, I think I wish more people did that. I wish more people were positive and inspired others and that's all I want to do I love telling stories I love being a part of projects that tell stories and and encourage people to to grow and keep doing what they love so well said yeah Uh, oh just one last question sure is there anything you'd like to say to your Facebook fans who have poked you oh god (laughs) you went there (laughs) um well let's see um Okay, I have asked people not to poke me on Facebook, and they keep doing it, Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's okay, I'm trying, but it's funny, I've asked people, I keep getting pokes from all sorts of people, like, I get 20 to 30 different pokes a day, I don't understand the poking with the Facebook, do you understand that? I don't understand that, um... What I guess it's for people who are too shy to send you a message, message, a message and say, I'm a, I'm a or, fan, or hello, or like, what's up. Hi, I'm thinking about you. Poke, 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 poke. I'm like, yeah. just write me. Just write me. Say hello. <laughs> Don't poke me. <laughs> All right. All right, then. But, yeah, you know, if you, if, you, if you post any messages asking fans not to poke you, you're just going to get twice as many pokes. I know. And, and, that, I, and I, think, I think you've learned your That's lesson. That's the only one. That. I know yeah. you did it, you yeah. guilty guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you did it. All right. <laughs> the only one there was others who did oh yeah i'm sure there were and there will be so those of you who uh, follow um jessica on facebook do not poke her (laughs) all right so on behalf of myself and jessica i'll say thank you to the fans and readers of idle features you can check out our website at www.idlefeatures.com for jessica's upcoming interview as well as many more interviews and articles on ladies who are just worthy of a double take this has been chris charles thank you chris